And I'm wondering if, from a military point of view, uh, I mean, how realistic is it for uh, Ukraine to recover this region in, in the next few weeks or months? So you want to get that? I would love to. I just had a, a lecture on, on on ethics here on a different level. I apologize. Would you mind restating your question so I can give it the attention it uh, absolutely deserves? Sure, sure. Sorry, I kind of wondered a bit. So no, it's my mistake. I'm, I apologize. Just, just no, tell no me. worries, no worries. I, I'm just uh, wondering, just how realistic is it for Ukraine, for Ukraine, sorry, to um, to re retake the most of the Kherson region um, in the next few weeks or months, knowing that Russia is apparently planning to fake annex it, as it did with Crimea eventually. Are you insinuating that you think it's likely that they will keep it? Well, I don't know, to be honest. But uh, they, I, I read or heard in the news that they may be planning to hold a, a fake independence referendum. And that is what, uh, uh, say, the um, last issue of the Odessi says? To, to annexation, uh, like they did yeah. with Crimea. I mean, uh, they can try. I, I doubt that they will have a chance of holding it. Uh, it will be difficult for them because this war will be over until it's taken. Uh, there's also a high likelihood that the population of Hassan, for example, will act no different than part and parcel of the population in Melitopol, which has more recently uh, been hmm, somewhat skewed to using kitchen knives and others in order to ensure that not so many Russian soldiers have a possibility to steal, grave, uh, steal grain in the morning, rape their children, and uh, kill their husbands. But then, there you go. I doubt that they will hold her son. It will be hard, yes, it, is a, it will be a gruesome battle, of course. It won't be easy, and it will cost lives. But her son will return to Ukraine. Osen, sorry, my microphone is really playing out. Osen, who do we have next? Oh, we have Christopher, then we have Rav. All righty, shoot. So I actually had this idea recently. I've been meaning to ask you guys this. So if there weren't any nukes involved and NATO did get involved, how quickly could NATO nullify any Russian assets like would it be would it take like a day a week or would it be in hours sorry what so i'm, if, I'm not quite sure that i get this are, are we talking uh, thermonuclear war which you're no, just trying no, to protect no no he said without nukes without so, nukes so if Putin <laughs> didn't have nukes okay. to threaten nato with how fast could could have NATO nullify the Russian threat? Would it take days, a week, or just hours? 
a modern conventional army uh, where the capacity, and don't forget NATO is an alliance, so it's not uh, necessarily under singular command. But NATO has, over the past decades, trained rather intensively and comprehensively to have good force integration. NATO's uh, combined arms training is, from my point of view, and from all the friends and family members and people who are currently still actively serving, um, it's quite intense. It's very adept. It uh, easily showcases what needs to be done better. It's relentless and makes them good. So my perspective is that uh, NATO would be in a good position to dispatch Russian forces wherever it ever needed to. Is it likely that there will be a force-on-force conflict with NATO? No. It's extremely unlikely. The scenarios in which this were to occur without having a nuclear dimension are so remote, so infinitesimally small in terms of the likelihood that it's not worth spending too much time on it. If NATO troops were to, such as our friends, the Welsh Guards, who are currently here in northeastern Europe, if they were to be involved, Obviously, the current state of Russian troops would not necessarily create a real hassle, especially when integrated well with aircraft and proper long-range artillery. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about how to supply Ukraine with whatever they need in order to do it by themselves. And I think we should focus on that. Um, and with that, by the way, I sent you uh, the Mosavalto um, patch of our friends who start of Langley. Yeah, I saw right. that. I, yeah, sorry. Please go. Crystal? Yeah, I saw that. I saw, I'd saw. seen that sign before while my dad drove my family around Langley. Very good guys now. Very, very good guys. All right, Rav. Hey, good evening. Um, so regarding Kherson, uh, I would like to chime in a little bit. There is almost no chance that the Russians are going to manage to hold on to that region in the coming weeks. There is a map uh, regarding force disposition put out by Henry Schultman, which was shared by Michael Kaufman, and I'm pretty sure everybody is familiar with him. So you can find the map on Michael Kaufman's Twitter page which shows there are about seven Russian uh, battalion tactical groups in the region of Kherson, so across the river, and there are uh, the equivalent of roughly five Ukrainian brigades. He doesn't give an exact estimate, but he guesses that a brigade, a Ukrainian brigade right now is worth about two to three battalion tactical groups. So there's clearly a Ukrainian superior, uh, numerical superiority in the region. We don't know the state of the troops. We don't know the level of mechanization. So we don't know how many tanks, IVs, APCs, etc. they have. We don't know the amount of um, air support they have, but they do have a significant numerical superiority. Now, word of caution, the numbers he advances are dated April um, 30th, if I'm not mistaken, and they do not count paramilitaries, such as uh, FSB special forces, irregulars, etc., etc. However, the Ukrainians are massing troops in that region. It's unlikely that the Russians will manage to to hold on to that region for long enough for them to enact any sort of 
political masquerade such as a fake referendum or whatnot. So there is that. Um, one more thing regarding, I, I believe there was a question uh, regarding uh, drones and how they could be used to fool radars. The fundamental problem is drones uh, at the moment, with the exception of some Israeli, some American models, are not that fast, so it would be very difficult to mimic the speed of, uh, of an aircraft. And the radar cross-section on modern radars for a drone is clearly distinctive from that of, uh, of an aircraft, even with, um, let's say, electronic means of enhancement. So it's unlikely they could do it. They could do it against some Russian assets, so all the radar systems, etc., but not against the most modern ones. Thank you. Thanks, Rav. I agree with about 80% of that, apart from the part where you said that drones aren't as fast as planes yet. I can assure you there is some drones that are as fast as planes. You just don't know about them. Um, but we'll go to Sorry, Richard, no. Rav. Just, just a second. Sorry. Uh, no, I, I said... One second. I said with the exception of uh, US and Israeli models. So there are some. All right, okay. I, Sorry, I missed that part. No I give you it back. Fair no play. problem. Fair play, you can have that one. Right, Mikhail and then Ricardo. Oh, hello. Uh, I'm wondering if the Black Sea is open now for uh, for cargo ships to go there. Uh, Black Sea has always been open for cargo ships. It's just been closed for military ships. It's just whether you're brave enough to take, take the risk to go through it. And if you have a port to go to on there, and a couple of mine hunters and mine sweepers along your fleet. Mm. So, so they so they cannot go there now. The the cargo ships at all. They can if they have a mine sweeper going with them, which is what currently two of two of the larger. Uh, cargo groups in the world are trying to incite certain countries to do. Ah, okay. So, so that's the big problem then for the mines there. Yeah, it's not just lose lips which lose ships, but it's also lose mines. Yeah. Okay. And I, I was thinking about this uh, this Neptune's missiles they had. Uh, do you know if they still have them left for for some other ships? We're absolutely certain that there are more Neptune missiles than the Ukrainians currently need to repel any missing, uh, air, say, naval assault because there is none. Okay. Thank you. And who and who knows, Mikhail? Who knows what else they have? Yeah, yeah. So that's. Uh... So you believe they have some left to those Neptunes? As I said, I mean, given the fact that only very few so far were fired, as we assume, uh, I'd be surprised if the whole stock of which uh, there is sufficient public information as to what it extended to would be would have been used. I don't think that they've been sinking it out in the sea for trouble. Ah. So that that's good. Good. Good thing that they have probably have some left. And not only those, as I said, who knows what kind of toys they have. Uh, that's the thing. 
Okay. Anything else you would like to ask? No, that's all. Thank you. All right. You're very welcome. Thank you. So, Osid, did you track who was first? Because it's getting a tad yeah, late it's here. Ric it's Ricardo then Rob. Yeah. Hey, thank you. Um, I'm, I've got a comment with a question and I'm going to drop down, but um, you should probably, I'm sure everyone knows, you know, we're going to have in the U.S. Um, a lot of distractions between now and November. In fact, we've got a major one now that we want to discuss. Uh, I just counted. I have about 15 mutual followers and a couple of them we've been, you know, discussing in DMs how we keep um, this war in Ukraine uh, relevant. Um, and I guess my question is, I mean, that's, um, you know, one of the issues. And I think that's something that, you know, we would take advice on. I mean, we're trying to work to, to keep it uh, relevant, but we we're starting to get a lot of distractions in our feeds. Uh, and, and they're, they're important issues. Don't get me wrong, but that's kind of the way the, I don't know about other countries, but here in America, they, you know, another subject can all of a sudden take over. So, if you guys have suggestions, I mean, we're working on it in the DMs and uh, we've got some good followers. One of them, and I say followers, mutual followers, um, you know, some of them have 50,000, some have less or whatever. I have a few thousand, whatever. But, you know, that's something I think that we need to work on and we'd appreciate any uh, suggestions you guys have. Uh, so, I really can't answer that. It was not a trick question. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's very, very rare that Axel um, ever replies and says he can't answer a question. So, uh, well, I, I mean, have it... to tip my hat to you there, Ricardo, because it's very rare way that Axel ever says he can't answer a question. Well, I mean, it's, I, I know it's not an easy one. There may not be an answer, but I think that that's something that we're working on. And, um, I mean, we need, as a, and I consider myself, you guys friends by now, I mean, 60 some, almost 70 days, whatever it is. Um, as a team, that's just something that, uh, we're working on behind the scenes. And so, you know, any suggestion, if you don't for now, but it's something to think about because we really want to keep, uh, uh, this, this space and, and this, uh, this, um, invasion of a sovereign nation we want to keep it we want to keep it relevant so yeah that's it so okay let me let me rephrase it what i can tell you ricardo is uh, apart from like yes i agree with you if you've spent um if you've ever been to boot camp typically after three to four weeks things amongst people sort sort uh, themselves out that's how it works sorry rj you have a hot mic would you mind just mute yourself and we'll call on you in a little while. Is that okay? Thank you. So, no worries. So, after three or four weeks, things are being sorted out. Yes, of course, most people know who they are and whatnot after half a day. But, you know, the kind of mechanics and groups and the likes sort each other out. The same goes for pretty much any kind of group which comes together. This here is substantially more complex. Um, but at the same time, whilst it is complex, intercontinental, across time zones, across cultures, across
across different political spectra um, and certainly bereft of any kind of, uh, say, untoward motive, from my point of view at least, that most people here are interested in the information as such. They really want to know. And they want to talk about it. They want to challenge things by means of questioning, which is a very nice, and it's the classic Socratic method. We're literally walking through this little garden of information and we're talking with each other. But was it really Socratic or did Plato just make it up? Oh, no, come on. I, I okay, said okay. it, I meant it. Come on, Yehuda, let's have a little walk, all right? Any, any philosophy majors in the house will know what I'm saying. Go ahead. <laughs> so, but it, it's right, uh, Yehuda. You started this uh, at, right at the beginning with Walter. You literally walked through this with people, and they have followed you on this path. And we are, we're exchanging ideas here, we're exchanging concepts, but we're also, everybody is contributing their questions. And many people amongst the speakers, as well as our guest speakers, some of whom are exceptionally gifted, very talented, or extremely experienced in their various fields. They're all contributing their part, their view, their longstanding um, service capacity, knowledge to it. And that creates affinity, that creates community, that creates this strange affliction that if you're not listening in from time to time, you're missing something and you want to know and you want to talk to these people. And by the way, you get used to people. I mean, you like dad jokes, you go to Yehuda. You like uh, sincere conversation, you don't go here. No, sorry, of course you do. But you know what I mean. You, there, there are things which you go for because there's a couple of these speakers you like to listen to, you like to you know rub shoulders with them. You like to hear our Canadian battle moves from time to time, just, you know, storm into the place and say something. You like the human embodiment of a tank, like all sorts, because he actually knows his shit. You want to talk to people who understand what they're doing in terms of trains, bridges, and like Craig. And that gives you a completely different picture, and it gives you a different understanding of what happens in Ukraine. If you listen to Walter, Ferlaine, Oscar, um, Andrei, you name it, the whole shebang of all these people, Olga Khodatska, who's been, how should I put this? If there's anyone who's constantly, every single day, seen evil and its exactly. results, that's her. Walter, sure. I mean, we, we cannot that, simply why, highlight we, enough. Yeah, that's why we try to elevate Ukrainian voices. And that's said very well said, Axel, very well said. And um, Yehuda, you just joined us. To you, hey, yes, everyone. Good evening. Um, thanks uh, for having me. Long time listener, first time caller. Um, that's a joke. Um, listen, I uh, I do. Uh -huh. make a, <laughs> I'd like to make an announcement to the room. Thank you so much, obviously, for the kind words and everyone's support. Um, you know, it's uh, uh, almost top of the hour. We're going to do a military update. I do want to thank everyone for their continued support of Marie Aid. As you know, here at the Walter Report, we promote Marie Aid as a, it's a volunteer organization where uh, we do our best. Um, we provide uh, humanitarian and uh, non-lethal military aid to the Ukrainian government. Uh, we've been doing it since we've got since the war started. We, first, we were, we were just recommending and sending money to the government of Ukraine to come back alive. Um, we were able to set up an organization of uh, about 50 professionals uh, around the world, mostly in Canada, 
where, uh, and a lot of them uh, were people who had served in Ukraine on the uh, NATO operation, the Canadian NATO mission Operation Unifier. Uh, so we have strong relationships uh, with uh, the Ukrainian military, and we felt we were really well placed to help um, procure certain items that were required to save lives. Um, and we've been stood up almost a month now. Uh, we want to let you know we we've received your donations. We thank you for your support. We have hundreds of people have offered to help us with professional services from legal to logistics to <clears throat> PR and marketing and, and IT. So thank you very much. I just want to remind the room that everything that has been donated to me is being spent or spent on equipment and shipping. All of the volunteers, we uh, we carry our own, uh, we pull our own weight, and um, you even pay for the website ourselves. The guy who does his web- our website is Drew. Drew pays for it himself. We have a lot of dedicated, awesome people, and on top of it, through Walter Report, uh, which is it's you know the uh, it's an online Twitter space run by uh, Doctor Lech, um, uh, we uh, we have. Individuals who bring expertise, we have reporters on the ground, like Olga Hudetska. She's a war crimes, pretty much a war crimes investigator, like she's a reporter. Uh, and she's been here through through all of it, explaining and, and detailing genocide. Um, this 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 is, you know, for posterity, you're you're on the, uh, you know, you're, you were in the room at five minutes to 12 and you were in the room in the Twitter space five minutes past 12. Um, it's poignant because we're part of history now. And um, when we bring these people, we, we want to give the data, um, because as you know, there's an information war, there's an op war going on that Russia is waging against pretty much the world. And um, we're here to offset that. We want to speak truth to power. We want people to know what we're doing. And um, on top of that, we have excellent and genius experts from around the world, from military, economics, political, that come and join us on a regular basis. And uh, so first, I want to take this opportunity to thank you for your donation and your material support to um, to Mariaid. And uh, we continue to uh, thank you and, and ask for your trust. And uh, we will be coming in with more and more information every time we purchase things, and it'll be available on our website. Having said that, now to the next order of business. Um, this Thursday at around 7 uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time, that's New York time, Washington, D.C. time, we're going to have...